for tonight. Why don't you get your Bibles out, your notebooks out, uh, and then Pastor Glenn is going to read verse 1 and 2 of where we're about to turn. But I want you to get your Bibles out because we take good notes. We're we're still an expressive church, and we're still a great note-taking church. Yeah, there you go. Good yes. A good yes. A good amen. Preach it, brother. I know. I think there's even like a comment on our Facebook feed and all of that now that says, amen, hallelujah. And all you have to do is click it, and it types it in for you. So the good part is, if you don't know how to spell hallelujah, and you've been counting on... It'll do it for you. How do you spell and you need help with that. All you have to do is click the button now, and you get it spells hallelujah for you. I don't that. know how many versions of hallelujah I've seen on Facebook and YouTube. It's been pretty funny. Omar, you're really uh, known for a one phrase. What do you always say on there? You type it in. So I say, come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> and Omar, that'll be in there at least, what, like 15 times? It has to. It has, it has to. to. You yeah. know, if, if I haven't done at least 50 drops of come on, it's like I haven't been at <laughs> then church. it's not a good day. <laughs> yeah, something's wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah, very cool. What's what's your phrase? What's one of your phrases? Uh, mine's a thumbs up. I'm all oh. about the thumbs up. That's, this is the universal sign. If things are good in my <laughs> right house, right, right. you that got the thumbs up. We're good. And that so is... they have that button. I can just mash it. And you just you see go, the man. screen fill up with those thumbs yeah. ups. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> and if you're one of those thumbs up heart people, make sure you don't fat finger it right because the is it the laugh face or the angry face that's like right next oh, to yeah, it oh yeah you got to be careful and like yeah. if you hit if you hit if you're not careful you'll it'll send up a laugh <laughs> i've seen a laugh go up in serious moments where it's heartfelt and we're crying and praying for people and it's all these laughing emojis i'm like somebody move your <laughs> finger over and click on it correctly right, right, right. so enough with that fun uh, but make sure that you're not fat fingering it as i would right there my big old thumb uh, but go to second uh, samuel chapter 6, 2 Samuel chapter 6, and we're going to kind of break this down. Yep. That's what the panel is for, is for all of us to, to take time to really highlight, go through the scripture and spend some time in the word. And so uh, that's what we want to do with you tonight. So thank you for being with us. Pastor Glenn, read uh, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. All right, I'm in the New King James Version tonight. So right. again, <laughs> again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000, and David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. Perfect. Let's pause right there because I felt like the Holy Spirit put a few things yep, in me. Yep. And you, you, could, you could preach off of the beginning uh, that David gathered choice men. Right. That goes right there. It's almost like the Spirit is saying, what choice men are we choosing to hang out with? Oh, that's, yeah. What choice men are you choosing to have the ones that are closest to you? Right. Because we know that the ones that we hold closest to us are the ones that are going to make the greatest influence in our life. So here we see that David chose. Yeah. It wasn't by chance. It didn't say, hey, you look like this or you look like that or, hey, you got a big smile. No, he chose them. Specifically. On purpose. Yeah. Isn't we, that one of your the, phrases? And the, and the, yes. Show me your, your top five people in your life and I'll show you your future. That's where right. Where you're wow. going. Yeah, where you're going. That's huge. And that is true. And that, that's one of my favorite phrases because that's a phrase to live by. Yeah. You know, I teach people, you know, I like to teach people have a phrase of praise, but also have, have a phrase of friends. Mm-hmm. You know, like what's your, what's, because it says he had choice men 
And it wasn't just a small number. You know how like Jesus, we all talk about, well, don't have any more than three. Jesus right. had three. And I believe that. I have three. I have you guys. And then I have, I have another grouping. of. I have my 12. I have staff. Yep. I have other people. And then I have influencers in my life. And then, but to he picked, he hand chose right, 30,000 right. people. <laughs> that is a huge number. Yeah. I don't know about hand picking 30,000 right, right. uh, because David wanted to pick 30,000 who knew how to not just war, but knew how to praise, who right. knew how to war with praise. Because this whole message, I want you to title this. This is the, I'm going to spin off of Sunday. Sunday, if you weren't, if you didn't tune in, it's called Jack in the Box, but we talked about the procession that collides. When processions collide, and, and we learn that procession means the emanating or the coming forth of the Holy Spirit. So the, this procession that we talked about on Sunday was the procession of faith, and it was Jesus coming. And this is the procession of praise. So I want to title this the procession of praise. It's the coming forth of the Holy Spirit, which Amen. dwells in the Ark of the Covenant. And, and of the, the, the spirit of God. And it was uh, the, the praise that came from the people. Right. And so David chose 30,000. And like you talked about, choice. Write that down as point number one, choice. You get to choose oh, who your good. friends are. That's good. So we could just spend all day on this first part. I'm friends with T.D. Jakes. Wow. He doesn't know that. But <laughs> I know that. I'm friends with Pastor Stephen Furtick. There you go. He doesn't know that, but I know that. Right. I, I feel like if I just keep saying their names enough on stream, that one day they're going to call me up and say, I'm your you. friend too, buddy. <laughs> and, 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 you know, maybe it's whoever, Pastor Jensen Franklin. That dude is nothing but the fire of right. God, man. He is powerful. Those are my friends. I choose. I'm choosing my friends. Now, for those of you who feel like you are lonely and have no friends, you just heard, I have friends that I'll, I may never see in my life. So wow. don't act like your friends have to be the friend of what our friends show with Ross right. and Chandler looks like, that we live together, we hang out together, we do dinner together, we all marry each other, we're all with each other 24-7. That's a false image of friendship and relationship. But because the world tries to tell you what a friend looks like, but that's you need to really see what a friend looks like in the Bible, Be, because it looks different. But he chooses, and I want to get to this next part because I don't, we could spend all day on that first. Yep, yep. But then he gets to this next piece, and I want to talk about the, the the Ark of the Covenant. Now, for every believer out there, our worship team that just did that worship, this is huge to you. So I want you to describe what the Ark of the Covenant looks like. Do you remember what the Ark of the Covenant looks like? Doesn't it have the the two the angels? Yep, and they're the angels. Down, okay. Directly down. Okay. You too, since you're big and buff, uh, and that's a requirement for all pastors and leadership here. Amen. So if you, uh, I want you to like uh, what you're going to do is imagine one of your arms since you're holding the mic. One of your arms is an, an, an a wing. Okay. So make it a little higher so people can see me. Okay. So then you're right here. So then you have the angel. All right. The angels are right here, the cherubim. And then right here, this is where the, the spirit of God would be dwelt. The, the mercy seat, as we call it right here. Right. Now, what were the angels doing? Can either one of you answer? Looking, looking down. down. Oh, look right at me while I talk to you about looking down. Don't look at me while I'm looking at you, okay? <laughs> look look down. The angels are looking down. And let me just tell you, where are they looking at? They're looking at the mercy seat. That's right. And this is the point, Omar and, and Glenn, is I don't have to see eye to eye with everybody in order to come into a uni right. in unity with everybody. Come on. I, we could be touching by, the, by what God has called us to do and who he's called us to be. 
but we don't have to see eye to eye on everything, especially when it comes to our praise, because when we're focusing on who we should be focusing on, our unity will come through him and not through whether we see eye to eye on everything. You can put your hands down. Hallelujah to that. Hallelujah to that. Because this whole procession of praise has a process. And part of the process that we're going to talk about through this whole chapter is what does your praise look like? Oh, what does your praise look like? Glenn looks different than Omar, and Omar looks different than Glenn. I look different than either one. But yet, oh, what what if you praise God like Omar, where you like to say, come on, brother, and Glenn likes to say, thumbs up, bro. And what what if we look different? Should we judge each other? No, no. I mean, that's, see, this is where we have to, we have to understand as believers and as Christians, you're tuning in and you see maybe the flashy lights and the great worship and the talent, the ability. Maybe you see size, maybe you see power, maybe you see meek beginnings, small beginnings. Maybe you see whatever you view our praise like. Don't judge our praise because that's not your job to see in alignment with how we do church and how we worship and how we praise. Our job is to praise God how we're supposed, how he told us to praise him. You know, don't get weird and say, oh, well, the parking lot's empty and where's the church at? Who can't, what? Stop being the judge and the jury of how our praise should be because I'm going to tell you what, what that kind of judgment will bear in your life later. But to start us off, first choose, and second praise, that I don't need to be eye to eye with you. We don't need to see eye to eye to be able to be looking in it. Isn't that what he says? Seek me? Seek me first, yep. No, no, Omar. He, can't, he couldn't have said seek me. I, I think he did, brother. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he must have said seek these things first. Seek, uh, seek the things I'm ask, Seek the things I can do for you, and the things you're supposed to do for me first, right. and then all these things will be added. No, no he says, no, no. seek me. Right, that's right. And we see that in, in the picture of David here. Is it okay, brother? Can yeah. we just get into it? So, Go. one of the things that that David uh, is portraying for us here is a state of leadership and how we lead in our homes, how we lead in our businesses, how we lead in even our ministry. We see here that David, as he was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, and we see that what was the main focus of that? Even the Ark itself is teaching us a lesson, that we don't look to ourselves. Our eyes are anchored. It's like this. We are geared towards the times, but we are anchored in Christ. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need Amen. to be. Somebody say, come on, come brother. on, come on man. give a thumbs up. You know, if we don't need to be looking to the left or to the right. Amen. When we look at Christ, just as we're going to see David do, it's going to create an atmosphere, a change that you have never seen, even in your past generations. And here we see, in, in, uh, if you read with me, in chapter 6, verse 13, it goes like this. And so it was when, the, when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Verse 14. Then, then... Say it with me. Then Then. David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing the linen ephod. So what does that say? David, what was the the focus before this? The ark was bringing in. We just learned that the focus is on the mercy seat, on on our Lord Jesus Christ. When we focus on the right thing, it's like we were saying earlier, we become what we focus on. 
We wow. become what we look at. We become what we behold. Amen? Especially in times like this. Uh, what are we looking at the most? Are we looking at the circumstances? Right. Are we looking at this COVID? Are we looking at each, at, other? At, at each other? Or are we looking to Christ? What is that? What is that church doing, Omar? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. What is what is that construction company doing? Whoa, come on. What, what is that? What is that financial business doing? Yeah. What? What? Oh, wait, wait. What is that family? Oh, their their family's posting all these pictures about how <laughs> life is so good and it's great and it looks like nobody argues. Right. And I, I mean, what if we keep looking at all the other things? Why are we Why are we focused on that? That's a great perspective. What did you say? What we focus? Say that again. We become. What we tend to have our focus on. Yes. And we see that David here is a great example. Amen. And he, what did he do first? He danced first. Amen. And when he danced, his men danced with him. And I think that speaks a lot to us, to leaders, to fathers, to employers. That the way you set the atmosphere and culture in your home is how the rest of your family will follow. Fathers, I believe that... One of the things that the Spirit is speaking to you right now is that, man, what are you doing to set the culture and standard in your home? When it's time for, when you turn on the TV on Sunday and it's time to worship and it's time to praise, what are you doing? Are you waiting for you to feel the emotion of worship and then you'll do it? Or are we going to be like David where he says, hey, no, man, I'm not going to wait till all my men feel like they want to worship so we can worship. No, I'm going to start setting the culture and standard and they will sure enough follow me. Amen. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to this verse and reading it. And one thing I didn't see was David go up to his, his men and say, hey, guys, uh, is it okay if I, if I dance and worship before the that's Lord? Right. Is that okay with you? Are you cool with that? And I think that's something as a culture, sometimes we're so worried good, about man. what everyone else thinks that maybe it even hinders us from leading boldly. Like, what if I post this, what, what are people on the Internet going to say about me? What are they going to think about me instead yeah. of what does God think about Your this? praise should not be subject to public opinion, wow. and, and wow. that like good, it, it shouldn't be a vote. Mm. Uh, and let's go, let's rewind a little bit because yeah, yeah. Omar uh, uh, was like was feeling it, and and I and I think that's perfect because yeah. now it sets up why David did what he did and why it's so important. Because you could be listening right now and be like, how does this even pertain to me? How does this really apply to me? Well, rewind a little bit after what we read the first couple of scriptures. Then it goes into how they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant to into the city and as they're getting ready to bring it back and get it there what they what they find is the ark started to tilt and Uzzah one of the guys reaches out and touches it to stabilize the ark yep. and Uzzah his name means strength so when he touches it it's man's strength trying to support God's strength can, can I just preach a little bit right there yeah. preach it, the brother. ark represents the presence of God yep right it represents what would become a part of the tabernacle or the house of God so how many, let me just relate this and juxtapose the two from New Testament to Old Testament. How many people in their own strength have tried to fix the church rather Come than on. God fix the church? Oh, the church should be doing this. Oh, the church should be like this. Oh, why well, are churches doing this and doing that? Quit judging the church. The yep. church is the bride. The yep. church is the glory of God in the earth. The church is the anointed one. The church is something you That's cannot right. touch. The church is your are not allowed to speak into what the church is or isn't doing because it doesn't need man's strength to fix. You don't think that 
God in all his glory and power and authority doesn't have the power and authority to get his bride ready for the groom. That's right. He's the one who's going to do it. So quit trying to fix God and his house. And why don't you take your strength to fix you instead of trying to fix God? That's good. Because it's man's strength. So man's strength ties to touch God's strength. That's why David, and then what happens is Uzzah dies and David names the place. David broke out in fear, but David said, this will be called the Perez Uzzah, this place. Perez is breakthrough. It's the breaking of man's strength and the breakthrough of God's strength. It's the demonstration of God's strength. And the breaking of man's strength. So David says, hey, this this is what this place is going to be called. And he gets fear. So back to what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. He says, he, he breaks out in fear. Now, it wasn't terror as much as it was, we need to be careful. Right. And we need to cautiously, that's what this fear represents. Because there's one fear that means terror and another fear that means cautious and careful. And he cautiously and carefully considered. But fear could have broken out amongst the people. Right. And he could have easily said fear would have captivated them from worshiping or coming to the place. We'll get there in a second. But so fear, right, is there. And then David says, let's have this dwell. Let's leave the ark. Where, Omar? Mm. It says right here in verse 10. So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David. But David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. Now... This is something I think very special and I believe is going to speak to a lot of us. Because this name, Obed-Edom, Edom means blood. Obed means servant. So it's the servant of the blood. Amen. And so now we go in, in verse Somebody 11. You better start. Some of my preachers out there start seeing, <laughs> that, start seeing a precursor to Christ. Yep. The blood. Okay, go ahead. Amen. It says, verse 11, the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months and the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all his household. But we just gave you the secret of why he blessed the house of Obed-Edom. Because he became the servant of the blood. We just said earlier, when we did the picture of the ark, it's, he, we're not supposed to be looking at each other. We're supposed to be looking at the servant of the blood, our Lord Jesus Christ. The blood poured on the, poured on the mercy seat. Amen. Amen. And as a result of that, we will start seeing blessings. Yep. It's not that if may, maybe. No, we will. And, you know, I think it's something beautiful you said. If God is who he is, he is, why withhold from praise? Right. If God is who he says he is, why withhold from our giving, from our kind words, yep. from being elaborate in our worship, in our praise? If he is who he says he is, which we know, right. let's not withhold anymore. No, no withholding, and that that's and what it, what Omar read is three months. Mm. This this the ark was in their house for three months, so the mm. the presence of God was in their house for three months. I'm gonna say it one more time, so Come that on. everybody who's been under quarantine and lockdown and restriction, and you've had to have church in your house for a month, the presence of God was in their house. For three months. And he's, and David said, we will not move and we will not take the presence of, we won't come together in the tabernacle. We won't, we won't do this in the temple. We will not, we will not come together until we see a sign from God that the presence of God has blessed the home wow. first before we all, is somebody getting a picture yep, of this? Yep. 
Pastor Glenn, are you ready to preach? They, they, when, when you get the presence, when you understand that the presence of God has blessed each home so much that he says, okay, now it's so evident that the presence has blessed the home. Now let's come together. Wow, so before David said, let's all come together and praise, he said, let's wait and let's make sure the presence of God has saturated that home so much that it's evident to wow. the whole nation because David was the king. Yeah. So it had to be evident to the whole nation that Obed-Edom, the servant of the blood, the, the ministry of the presence of God in that home had blessed it so much the whole nation took notice. You know, I was thinking about what we were talking about these last couple of weeks about even members in our own church, how we've been getting reports that there's more than enough in each of the household. And in spite of everything that's been going on, there's still plenty of food, plenty of bread on the table. And, and God has been there and continue to bless our family and lots of other families in the church. And I really feel like he's getting us ready. He's blessing each of the households in our church. Amen. Yeah. I think it speaks a lot to as to what presence are we allowing to be in our home? What presence, think about this, guys. And this goes out to everyone, to fathers, to business owners, to, to leaders in ministry. What, what presence is being created in your home? Right. You don't have to look too far. Look at your children. Look at your wife. What presence are you creating? Mm -hmm. What is the main focus? Is it the blood of Christ or is it our current circumstances? Is it the news? Is it, is it the Dow Don'ts or the NASDAQ, whatever? Mm -hmm. What is the presence that you are embellishing on creating and growing in your house yep. because i'm telling you right now scripture is telling us that when we focus on christ when we focus on his love on what he has done for us at calvary it will produce in us such an atmosphere of blessing that we're going to see in a little bit that people out there are going to start talking about you yeah they're going to be like man do you know what's happening on it in pastor landon's house do you know what's happening in Pastor Glenn's house? Man, that's something amazing. Right. I better go get some of that. Right. You know? So And they, and they want that presence. And that presence, let's 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 join in more scripture here. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his wow. people. Yeah. So then the presence that you invite is the presence that you've opened your life to and that you, and that you've let inhabit you. So if he inhabits the praises of his people, let's flip the script. What inhabits you when you're not praising? Wow. So what happens when you're not and when you're not inhabited by his by the presence of God overwhelming and saturating your home so what presence have you allowed in have you allowed the presence of judgment I think that's why a lot of people hate uh, so many other people right now I think yeah, that's yeah. why there's racism I think that's why people uh, judge other skin colors and tribes and nations I think that's why also people hate President Trump or hate uh, uh, Doug Ducey or hate Mayor Evans or hate this person or that person because they've and they've allowed the wrong spirit to inhabit them. And we're going to see here that in a little bit. We are. And, and because that's what happens. And, and so, again, we talked, this is the procession of praise. And now we've talked about the presence of praise and how we, when we praise God, he inhabits the praises of his people. And even beyond that, David gets into this and he starts to, as Omar, where we, where we went to, Omar says, David set the standard. David began to praise. 
when everybody could have been, hey, dude, the last time somebody touched that ark, they died. And it was one of our people. It wasn't some stranger. We're used to the Ark of the Covenant going before us and laying waste to all of our enemies, and we're winning, and we're victorious. We, we, we're not used to the Ark of the Covenant killing our own people. Like, we, we, hey, what's your, we, we, hey, we, we want to be, fe-. and fear could have captivated them, but a leader is what led the procession of praise. Amen. Yep. Instead of procession of fear, it was a procession of faith. That's right. And David led this procession of faith to say, okay, stop. You don't need to be afraid. Yes, use wisdom. Yes, be cautious. Yes, the the Bible says a cautious and careful understanding. He even says fear the Lord, but that means to cautiously and carefully consider a reverence towards God. And so I'm going to have a reverence. I have a respect for gravity. I'm not going to jump off of a roof, right? I have a respect for oncoming traffic. So I am not going to run in front of oncoming traffic. I have a reverence there. It's not a terror. It's a reverence for it. And so you, uh, and I don't, I have a reverence for Corona, but I'm not afraid of Corona. That's right. I have a reverence for uh, cancer. I have, I have some respect there. But I also don't fear cancer. That's right. I don't fear those things, and I don't live in fear, because if I allow fear to captivate me, I'm going to let it become me. That's right. What you said. No, we see that clearly, and, and Pastor Landon draws a great point. Just earlier before that, they saw how someone died as a result with their own strength trying to hold up the ark. Amen? But now we see that David... He was probably, you can imagine what was going on through the minds of the people. You can imagine what's going on through the minds of, of, of your children, of your employees, that they, they're, they're seeing the circumstances going around. Amen. But David, where was his focus? Yeah. What standard, what, what culture was he about to create? Right? And we see that his men, as soon as he started dancing, as soon as he started worshiping, they wanted to follow. And I'm saying this to you right now, everyone that's viewing, that your children, your employees, those that have been put under your ministry, they're looking for leadership. Yep. But what do you do when you turn on the TV on Sunday and we get ready to worship and get ready to, 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 to embellish in the atmosphere of God? Are you withholding fathers? Are you withholding from, from allowing your children to be an expression of Christ? Because, listen... We see here that the men of David arose to the occasion that he set. So fathers, I'm asking you right now that when that time comes and we get together and we view church on Sunday, man, start being elaborate with your worship. Start being a, it might feel weird. Can I share a little bit? Keep going, bro. (laughs) You know, my first time watching online, I'll be honest, it was a little bit different. Yeah. Because I've been raised since a little boy to be in a certain atmosphere, in a certain building with a certain music. And so to me, to be left alone, in essence, and having to do that in my own house, it was different. But the Spirit convicted me right away and said, hey, man, you're the priest. You're the leader in your house. You set the atmosphere. You set the standard. And sure enough, man, I started getting up, waving my hands, singing. And little by little, my daughter came in. Then my wife came in, and now we've done it now for several weeks, and now it's become a culture in the house where my wife now, when she wakes up, she says, hey, kids, it's time for church. And so, fathers, I encourage you, start setting the atmosphere, start setting the culture in your own home because your children, your family are wanting that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And 
if I can brag on my mom for a second, she, she instilled a great culture of just generosity and giving uh, throughout my childhood. I would just see her give, give, even when there was like not hardly anything in the bank account, just being faithful and giving. And now as an adult, that's just part of my culture. It's like, I love giving. I love that's praising good. and worshiping. And I'm thinking, wow, that's going to be a culture I'm going to continue to pass on to my daughters and my son is they're like, hey, I learned how to worship because I saw dad worshiping every Sunday, every Wednesday. I saw dad give. I saw mom give. I saw them set the standard for how this should be done. And I want to move forward into David because he, he, he faces a little bit of opposition, right? Yep. When he starts setting that standard, it wasn't all just like roses. It was, he got a little bit of opposition. And, and, and it's interesting who he got the opposition from. Can I dive right in? Of course. Yeah. <clears throat> says, then David returned to bless his household, and Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants, as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So this is one of David's wives saying, oh, look at the great king. Look, you know, look how he did his worship. She was straight up like, upset she was uh you know it even goes on below to say that she was you know she was like bitter in her heart about that she you know in her heart was jealous or judging his worship and i thought wow this is his own wife who's like confronting him how how could you go out and worship god like that come on now like she like there's a little bit of sarcasm in there she's like how glorious were you today and you know and and i think you know as as leaders and as men of the household who are trying to set the standard we may face some opposition, some people that don't agree with right. what we're doing, or we post a, a service online and we get some comments that aren't, you know, in line with what we're doing, and they're 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 just mad or upset or bitter about that. And it's interesting what happens with that bitterness in Mikhail's life. Yeah, it, right. it turns. You know, we go a little bit further, and it says. Um, David responds back and it says, I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Wow. Something happened there. Yeah, her, her bitterness led to barrenness is what Whoa, I'm seeing right here. That's huge <laughs> right there. That's big, Glenn. And, yep. that is, and it's perfect. Your bitterness will lead to barrenness. Mm. And there are some people out there right now that you think that your lack of fruitfulness, you, you call it martyrdom. Uh, you call it, uh, you know, I just don't want to be big like that church. I don't want to be big like them. I don't want to be showy and flashy or I want to be this or that. And you think your fruitlessness and your barrenness was a choice. But it's, it's, it's not a choice by saying, I just want to be small. It's choice by bitterness. You're right, choosing right. to be barren because you remain bitter. And as long as you remain bitter, you'll never get better. And you'll always be That's barren right. for the rest of yeah. your life. And people will always judge churches and pastors and leaders and businesses and anybody who's successful because can we talk to the success of David? Yeah, come on. Let's talk to the success of David like you just read. So David at the beginning chose 30, remember what are we talking about? 30,000 men. And David was where in the line? They listed a handful of people who were uh, the ark, before the ark and after the ark, and then David and then the people who were with him, the 30,000. Exactly. And David was, you know, there. But when David decided to worship and lead and he went and took the front, the Bible says this, so David and all the house of Israel, 
everybody in Israel. Now it went from 30,000 to millions. It went right. from all of Israel because David decided, I don't care what other people think of my praise. I am not yeah. going to allow somebody's prejudice of my praise to stop me from experiencing the power of influence in the Come kingdom on. and for God. And so David ended up worshiping God un and un uninhibitedly where he could just tote unrestrained and he could go all out and he could worship God. What was the last time you worshiped God so much that everybody in your home started to follow your wow. lead? Everybody in the church started to follow your lead because you weren't worshiping recklessly like Uzzah where you just want to cause attention and you want right. to prop God up and you want to fix the church and you want to change people and you want to do... No, no, no. You were just leading the way because you were just worshiping God beautifully Amen. in your own way. And even though there were critics that tried to challenge your praise, you didn't listen to them because you decided, you know what, I, I don't need to humble myself. Can I speak to somebody who feels confident out there? And, and everybody wants to tell you you're too cocky, you're too prideful, you're too confident, you're too assured of yourself. Let me just tell you, uh, you are great and you're amazing. Amen. And I love yep. that confidence and I love that, that strength in you because God did not give you a spirit of timidity. God didn't cause you to be shy. God Come called on. you to be bold like he did Joshua, like he's calling David. And you have to be bold and courageous. Don't be timid and call it God. That's not God. God is calling you out of that timidity into power into love and into sound mind and let me just speak to everybody who's ever spoken to you and your heart that says hey you're a little too much you're a little too confident you'll think a little they are not your gauge of your pride of your ego of That's anything right. in your life that god is the only one who can judge the heart and god is your gauge god is your judge god is your determining factor god will help you because david says right here in verse 22 he says and will be humble in my own sight. Now we know that David was not perfect, but we do know that David humbled himself before That's the right. Lord. When Nathan called him out, he humbled himself. When he got called out by Jonathan, he humbled it. He would humble himself, not before man, but before God. I don't need to humble wow. myself before man. That's good, man. I need to humble myself before God. Yeah. And I think that one of the main reasons is because where his focus was. Right. Only right. a man or a woman that knows who he is and how much he has yes. can, can submit himself, can humble his or herself. And speak that kind of bold words. You know, it's like, it's like our Lord Jesus Christ. When the day when he was with all the disciples, the Bible says that knowing that all things were given to him, he stooped down, girded himself with the robe, of, with the girdle of a servant and watched his disciples' wow. feet. Yep. Why? Because he knew who he was. Yep. He knew that he was the son of the most high and he knew that everything had been given to him. And here we see that in David also. He didn't restrain himself because his vision, his eyes was on Christ. Yes. And he knew that, man, as long as I keep my eyes on Christ is the best way that I can help my people. Yes. And that's the same thing for us, fathers, for anyone. Yeah. The, if we really want to help our family, if we really want to grow our business, if we really want to see our, our ministry grow like never before, be rightly focused. Yep. Yep. Amen. Because uh, rightly means righteous. Yep. And the uh, steps of a 
Righteous, righteous man are ordered by God. So if I'm right with God, everything else falls into place. But that's where David, he didn't worry about if he was right with her or him or them. I, I'm not, I don't or run this church by, yeah, I don't, or my mother-in-law or just public opinion. Yeah. I, I don't run this church by, by, by what everybody wants or what by everybody's beck and call or by every, if you give a certain amount or if you serve or if you, or if you're so spiritual and you're, <laughs> and you're just so deep with Jesus, you just don't. And you're just here to be, I had people, I've had people come and tell me they're here prophetically to tell me what to do. And I'm like, nope, the Lord didn't tell me that. So the Bible says that it needs to be confirmed in two or three witnesses right. and it needs to already have been spoken in my heart. So that means it's not true. So you, you need to line everything up to the word of God. Amen. You need to be in the presence of God. You need to let the presence of God saturate your home so that then we could get to the last and final point, which is this. When it's when the presence of God has saturated our home so much, did it for three months. Hopefully we're not in this for three months. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that he said, now it's time. So then Amen. it went from like just a, to some of the people going to church, some of the people worshiping before the presence wow. of the Lord, 30,000, to now it's the entire nation of Israel. Can somebody hear the prophetic on, unction man. in this? Because now it's going from just good a good number, a, a, a big number to some people, right. to the entire nation shows up to, the, to worship the presence of the most high God. And that is the, the powerful truth in this scripture is the procession of praise is the coming forth of the whole, the magnificent power of the whole, the emanating power of the Holy Spirit into every home, heart and life, into every state, into every nation, into all the world because of the praises wow. of his people. And that's, 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 powerful. that's what we need to receive from this word tonight yeah. Yeah. is we need to understand how to praise God. Yeah. When we come back together, if you don't go no holding back all out, <laughs> I, I want I us to hear, hear us way down the road that we're just raising the roof so much for Jesus. We might even have to do RSVPs. Oh. We might have to do like a, a ballot, like see who can, who, who like, okay, hey, if you, are you going to go crazy? Or hey, on a scale of one to 10, how great is your praise? Yeah, yeah. Because we, we want, and because David chose. Right. Wow. And then it went from choice to David leading the way to then all of a sudden good. it came to, because when the right people are leading the right way, everyone else will follow. That's right. And so I, I'm calling all the people of God to step forth in a procession of praise to become all that God has created you to be and let the presence of God saturate your home so much that it changes your neighborhood. It changes your community. It changes our city, our state, and Amen. our nation. Final thoughts before I pray. You know, the one thing that I would say uh, as just a take home is start setting a, a standard in your home of praise. Be rightly focused on Christ because as we said, whatever we focus on is what we become. And because you fathers are the leaders of your home, whatever you're focused on, your children will also focus on. So let this be the day that from now on to the rest of the days of our lives, we just continue to look to Christ and Christ alone. And we'll see the great manifestation of blessings happen in our home. Amen. Pastor Glenn? <clears throat> you know, I was just thinking that um, 
sometimes in my own life, you know, when I'm trying to seek out success, you know, I have it in the complete opposite order. My focus is like, oh, I want to be successful and do well and all these things when really I should realign it and say, I'm going to put God as my focus and praise him and give him all the glory. And then all the success just follows it. And I've seen that time and time and season and season in my life where when I put God first and put him, you know, in the rightful place, all those blessings, my house becomes overflowing with, with blessings and with resources. And so this is my encouragement to you guys today is put God first. That's the right place where God should be. And you'll see your house and your family and your city overflow with blessings. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you both. And thanks for tuning in with us. If you tuned in the middle towards the end, make sure you rewind, watch the worship, uh, be a part of the worship, be a part of it, be engaged with the worship, be engaged with the giving and be engaged with the word uh, so that God can continue to minister uh, the presence of the Lord in your home, uh, because that is what it's all about. And so uh, we've learned so much tonight. Rewind it, watch the sermon again, uh, because I believe there's a lot of great truth to take away from this. Uh, but I want to pray with you, and then we're going to declare uh, our blessing together, and then we're going to uh, close. We have a, a, a closing for you, so make sure you stay tuned all the way through to the end. Uh, so let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for everything that you've done and everything that you're going to do. I pray that you would help us to have a phrase of praise on our yes. tongue. Help us to have a procession of praise in our heart and let the presence of God inhabit our homes, inhabit our lives, inhabit our families, inhabit our businesses, inhabit every single thing we do. And Lord, let a crazy praise start in our home. Don't try to come to church and show off what you don't do in your home. Praise God at home and get ready to worship him uninhibitedly, unrestrained, and go all out for God and give him a crazy praise because then it's going to go from a lot of people to everybody who giving praise to Jesus. Everybody giving praise. And our focus isn't on each other, isn't on the wrong things, but our focus is on him, which, which, which brings us unity in the spirit. And I thank you, God, Lord, that if there's anybody on here right now that you have been judging other people's praise, other people's forms of worship, other people's decisions with Jesus, if you've been living in that place of judgment and bitterness, it's time to release that bitterness. And I want you to just pray with me because I'm going to pray over you. And I want you to just begin to say, Lord, I release that bitterness. I release that judgment. I release that, that plank in my eye while I'm trying to pull the speck out of their eye. Lord, I want the plank taken out of my eye. I don't want to focus on them. I want to focus on you. I'm not focusing on church. I'm not trying to prop you and the bride of Christ and church up. I'm not trying to fix church or judge churches or judge what churches are or are not doing, what pastors are or are not doing, what leaders and deacons and bishops and elders, what they are or are not doing. I'm going to focus on what I need to do and the praise that needs to come from me. And Lord, I pray that bitterness would be gone. On. And Lord, I pray that somebody is going to get a revelation right now that the reason you've been fruitless and barren is not for anybody else's fault but your own. And you've been choosing to be bitter, which has caused barrenness in your life. And I pray, God, once there was bitterness, now there is mercy. Now there is joy. Now there is peace. Now there is love. Now there is understanding. Now there is grace. And where there once God, Lord, was a, a barrenness in our life and fruitlessness. God, you are going to bring fruit. You are going to bring life. And Lord, we thank you, God, Lord, that there's life coming to a new womb. And we pray it in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord. 
and we celebrate and we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus name everybody said amen amen give God some praise it's an awesome wonderful night and we're gonna say this declaration and this blessing together and so I'm gonna put it right here so my, my guys can see it with me uh, because we're all memorizing this taking time ready let's say it together I, I am, am a bridge, bridge builder. builder this, this is, is my season of favor I am blessed to live my best I will choose to love him first I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. God bless Bridge Church. We love you. Stay tuned in for our closing statement. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life, send us an email at info at wearebridge.church and let us know that you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining us for the first time with our Bridge Church online family, we have a very special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information on where we can send that gift. We are so glad that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. That's right, so make sure you stay connected because why? We are so much better together. Bye, Bridge fam.